Thanks for tuning in, and welcome back to... What the fuck did she just say? My name is Allison, and we have... And I'm Adriana. And Adriana. And today, we've got uh, a really fun show set up for you guys, and uh, we've got a special guest with us. I know, I'm so excited. (laughs) I know, lots of you guys who talk to us know that we were having an actual conversation with a sex therapist uh, who also does other cool stuff revolving around relationships advice therapy and just yeah some really cool things to learn about today if you have questions so why don't uh, we bring her in adriana yes please welcome erin hey everyone so, Erin, tell us a little bit about yourself before we start. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, I am a doctoral candidate, and I study sex and intimacy and sexuality and relationships. Um, I work with couples and individuals on things around relationships, sexual pleasure, um, intimacy kink fetish all of the fun stuff so that must mean you probably have a pretty interesting sex life of your own then huh oh my goodness yeah i, went I there. wish i wish i could say i'm the raddest <laughs> person in the world but uh i'm pretty boring you guys are having all the fun i'm so jealous <laughs> I think we are having quite a bit of fun. Yes. We are. So this is what's going to make it exciting is you're going to know the psychology behind it and and then we can know why we're so uh we're so into it, right? Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> well, Adriana, you kick us off here, dude. I should I just ask, start asking questions. This is what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah. No. No, we're not. We're going to we're going to have her strip down on camera and throw some <laughs> some dirty dollar bills at her. <laughs> That's Hot that should be the first video to your channel. That that's the oh video. yeah, that's it. Miss Miss Erin, please tell everyone first what you're going to be having come out soon. Oh well, I have a podcast myself called Bedroom Sessions, um, and I'm also starting up my YouTube channel Ask Bay, where people can send in questions, and I will answer absolutely anything because you cannot shock me. Um, and I also do coaching. So through that channel, you can reach me to do your own individual um, coaching to make sure that your sex life is basically the best it can be. You hear that, fellas? We're not going to hide her from you. We'll let you find her and pick her brain <laughs> for a fee. No, I'm just kidding. Well, probably. <laughs> I would assume so. <laughs> Lots of guys, I've realized, need a lot of help, and women too. So this podcast is not just for men or just for women. This is actually for both. Um, So we brought you here today because over the years of us doing phone sex, we've kind of learned that um, there is a lot of miscommunication. A lot of times we hear guys say, I love my wife, but she doesn't fuck me, or Mm -hmm. she's never in the mood. And this, like, legit, after hearing it so many times, breaks my heart. And I want to know why and how to fix it. 
what that, can be done about it? Such um, a good question. Yeah. So Adrian and I piled together some questions for you and, um, I just kind of want Adrian to kick us off and see what you think. Awesome. So, um, I guess the first question that, um, we had in mind is, um, what are some ways couples can communicate their needs or desires without feeling judged or anxious? Awesome. Well, I'm going to suggest something a little unconventional, as I usually do, and that is to start off by texting. I texting? Think, yeah, we, I think we get really, really nervous with face-to-face conversation, and we're finding in, you know, clinical practice and also through research that if you talk about some of those more taboo things or your intimacy or your relationship over text, it can actually facilitate a lot better communication. And that's, there's a few reasons for that. So one, you don't have to wait till, you know, you're, you both have time and the dishes are done or the kids are away and you're not exhausted. You can text at any point during the day when it feels safe for you. You can really, really think about what you want to say and craft the perfect message without sort of stuttering over your words. And the other thing is it gives the other party in your relationship the opportunity to read the message over and really think about how they feel about it before they just come back with that automatic response. So... We find that when couples do this and they start texting, they actually have really deep and intimate communication that can then be translated into the relationship and into the bedroom. Now, I personally study sexting, so I know from my research that not only is this healthy for intimacy, but people have also found that those conversations can get pretty naughty too. And ultimately, that's the goal of it, is to bring in more of that pleasure and connection with each other. Interesting. I gotta say, I'm completely shocked by that. Well, I can understand because I know, like, I feel like when confronting your partner, like, if you tell him something that's maybe out of the ordinary that you like in the bedroom or something... I guess what's more difficult for me is, like, their physical reaction, you know? (laughs) So I can understand why if you text them and you're not actually looking at their face, right? And um, their reaction or if they get anxious or nervous or anything, um, it can be, like, a good thing. Absolutely. Because a lot of times we do, we kind of psych ourselves out. We really do trust our partner and we really do want to communicate. But if it's something that's really scary, if you start over text, you have a bit of a buffer. Now, I'm not saying do your whole relationship over text. But if this gets the conversation flowing in a safer way, then you've got that first step down. And I'm all about stepping stones to get you to where you want to be. Awesome. I think that's good. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I fight when I text. <laughs> ah. If I, I can't have like a, a serious conversation in text because it goes right to the fighting zones. Mm. Texting is reserved strictly for what time are we meeting and where should we meet? 
email is the safer place for me. So I suppose text or email is good. Absolutely. You're still giving that person space. And, you know, it's so good to recognize what works for you or what works for your partner. And if electronic communication is not your jam, then don't do it just because some expert said it. You still have to do what's right for you. And so you can follow the same principles and book a time in and sit down, not when you're in the bedroom, but a neutral time. Sit down and say, here are my thoughts, limit it to a certain time, and don't respond. Just say, we're going to each say our thoughts And then we're going to book another time to come back and respond to those thoughts after we've had a chance to think it over. I think that's great. Yeah. Um, I guess talking just then they're on the spot to say something right away and they haven't mulled it over. So guys, try texting or emailing or writing an actual snail mail letter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, What happens if one person in the relationship has like a diminished sex drive or it's non-existent and like the other person is wanting sexual attention? um, What could be the solution there or a reason that one partner is interested and the other isn't interested in sex? This is the age old question. I would say most couples that come to see me are coming because one person has more sexual desire or interest than the other. There is unfortunately no one stop solution, but there's a few things that you can do. So for starters, a lot of times people have diminished desire, not necessarily because something is wrong with them hormonally or biologically. Um, it could be because of regular everyday things, stress, anxiety, a fight, overwhelm, just timing, the mood isn't right, or because you're interested in something sexually that you haven't actually told someone, and so you're kind of holding yourself back. For women, we do also see a lot of um, issues around body image And just this feeling of, I can't relax. So I'm going to approach this in a couple ways. One is I'm going to talk about maybe what to do if your female partner has low desire, and then maybe what to do if it's your male partner that has low desire. Okay. So let's say your female partner has low desire. Chances are there's some issues there around some body image, some stress, maybe she feels like she's doing a a lot of the housework, she's doing a lot of the work with children. Um, Usually, at the end of the day, she's not really going to want to be touched, especially if she's kind of feeling really frumpy and really exhausted. Of course, this is a generalization, but again, the research does say that for the most part, it's not that women don't have sexual desires. They very, very much do. It's just they can no longer prioritize them because they're not actually getting their needs met. So say you have a female partner that has low desire. A few things you can do are, you may not like this advice, but really chip in around the house. (laughs) Really chip in with the kids. Take that burden off and she'll have less to think about and more time to think about your sexy naked body. (laughs) Secondly, 
she's probably just as gorgeous to you now, even if she feels frumpy, and she needs to know it. She wants to know that when you're coming to approach her for sex, you're not doing it just because you have needs and you want to get off. I know you know her pleasure is so important, so just remind her that you want sex with her because she's dropped it gorgeous. You can't wait to see her naked body. You can't wait to be inside of her. You must have her now. All of a sudden, she feels like a queen. She's going to want it more because she feels desired. For a lot of women, feeling desired is what helps them have more desire. That's absolutely accurate. Nice. Absolutely. Nice. Now, with men, there tends to be this assumption that men are always ready for sex. And again, that's a bit of a fallacy. Men are just as stressed, just as anxious, though it tends to be more about performance. Am I going to be hard long enough? And am I going to last long enough? Is she going to like what I'm doing? And there's a lot of that anxiety to be this perfect porn star. But let me ease your concerns. Women don't want the perfect porn star. They just want you to want them so bad you can't resist. And it doesn't necessarily matter if you last as long as the guy in your favorite porn. Or it doesn't matter if you necessarily can't get hard right away. If you are spending so much time telling her how much you hunger for her, she's probably going to not notice those little bits of anxiety, which are totally, totally natural. Now, ladies, if your partner doesn't want as much sex as you, I would start talking to him again about how sexy he is, about how much you value him as a person, about how amazing and strong and masculine and dominant he is and how he makes your knees weak and how what he does in the bedroom totally turns you on. Again, a little bit of ego stroking for both men and women really is the key here to amazing sex. Huh. Well, I'm curious if guys do all those things because I have heard, I have suggested to certain people, put the kids to bed, make dinner, plan a date randomly for your girlfriend or wife, and don't even tell her, just bring home a nice outfit for her, take her to dinner, then do something amazing, and like help with the kids, but don't expect sex at the end, mm-hmm. because cause then she'll feel like an object. Just do it because you love her and, and, and it's nice. And then you got to do that over, like, over time. Yeah. And so he did this for a while. She still didn't want to have sex. Mm-hmm. Like, still just was not about that. She just, no. So I don't understand that. I, I don't. I don't get it because mm-hmm. I don't think that way. Mm-hmm. So what is something that you would do in that kind of scenario? What? Well, that's a really good scenario. I mean, my heart goes out to individuals that experience that. I would suggest that in cases like that, when communication and scheduling and making sex a priority doesn't work, 
that there may be some deeper things going on. And that is where someone like me does come handy. Because there may be a trauma in her past. There may be a lingering grudge that she doesn't know how to communicate effectively. There may be a deep fear or a self-esteem concern that ego boosting or validation or romantic dates can't quite scratch the surface of just yet. In which case, I would recommend talking to a professional to see what is going on below the surface. Because I do believe that everybody in every relationship deserves to have pleasure. You're Mm. absolutely right that continually doing nice things with the expectation that sex will just naturally follow is not always effective because it's not an immediate fix. I mean, certainly you can't do the dishes once and expect a blowjob, although it might happen. They might be so (laughs) taken aback and be like, oh my God, let me suck you off right now. Um, But over the long term, you want to make those fundamental changes in how you relate to each other. And if that's not helping, then you are going to want to talk to someone about what's going on at a deeper level that might be too painful right now to talk about. Right. And I I can't say what that is for that particular individual, unfortunately. It could be just a bunch of things. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Adriana? I know you had another really good one on the table. Um, so let's say my question was because, um, we had a Dom like in one of our episodes, right? So what if I, or let's say a partner or whoever has needs that the other partner is not willing to satisfy, whether it be a role play or something Mm. they're into, Like, how do we approach a partner about maybe finding someone else to meet those needs? This is the the fun. um, This is the fun debate that uh, I love to get into because you're generally on one side or the other. One is that you you go talk to a therapist until the therapist fixes the marriage, and all of a sudden you're both on the same page. And the other side of it is we recognize that not every human, even if they're in love and in a great relationship, are sexually compatible. Uh And with the principle that everybody deserves pleasure and fulfillment, how do we get those needs met if they're not going to get met in that primary relationship? Now, I am of the mindset that I wouldn't necessarily say, well, just go out and get it if you haven't already tried the important conversations. Mm -hmm. I definitely say, bring it up first and say, this is important to me. This isn't about you. This isn't about you failing and providing for my needs. This is just something that really works for me. It brings me fulfillment. If that doesn't work, going to a therapist or counselor together and asking each other in a safe session How can we both decide what would be a good solution to this just simple difference in sexual tastes? Because that's what it is, a difference in sexual tastes, not a difference in 
commitment or devotion or love or even an instability in the relationship. I think in a lot of situations, if you approach it appropriately and you discuss it and say, here are the boundaries, here are some ways I can get my needs met outside of the relationship, you might actually be able to do that consensually. Now, this is where I get into a little bit of a difficult gray zone, and I might get some flack from this. (laughs) Not from us, you (laughs) Not from you, girls! Not from us! (laughs) <laughs> there there have been instances where going out and getting your sexual needs met, knowing that it's just about sex and you're still committed to the relationship and you're going to try extra, extra, extra hard to make sure the relationship thrives, there are cases where that can actually strengthen your bond. Because all of a sudden, you've got your needs met. Unfortunately it might also be kept a secret. Now, if any of your listeners also read Savage Love by Dan Savage, you will see that he can sometimes carry the same opinion, which is, uh, it's maybe not the best thing in the world, but certainly, um, (coughs) certainly sometimes Uh going outside the primary partnership can actually make everything better because you're no longer fighting about that particular thing yeah (sighs) it's what are your thoughts on it adriana how would you feel about it so we're talking about cheating right this is what we're talking about yeah right okay so i don't have a problem with it to be honest i i'm sort of like like to me, if if it's only because I can provide you something that I'm either not into or not willing, you know, just just if I can provide you with something when it comes to sex, then as long as we are safe and um, I, you know, then go ahead and look for someone else that can provide those things to you. When it can get a little tricky is if, you know... If it starts getting more serious, then obviously, if it's a committed relationship, then then that's like a little bit of a problem. But it's strictly just like physical that I can provide something. I think I think I'm all for it because to me, I've always been kind of a person that I don't believe you can only love one person just to start with. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think there is only one because I feel like we're all put into this fairy tale thing where you're going to find the one and it's like everywhere, right? It's in movies, it's in cartoons, mm. it's everywhere, it's in stories and books. You're only going to find that one love and that's going to be the love for the rest of your life. And though it can be true for some people, um, it's not for a lot. It's I, I don't think it's true for others. I think, I think it's... Uh, I think I I think you can love multiple people at the same time, right? And it can get a little bit like tricky, but I don't mind. Like I'm I'm an adult and I I just don't mind my partner looking for someone else. I don't know. I think you've hit it right on the money <laughs> in the sense that 
as a species, I don't necessarily think monogamy is the most natural state. I think, like you said, for some people it works really, really well. But we also know that our sexual tastes change over time. Mm -hmm. And, And I know that if I had a partner that was into something that I just wasn't into, I really had no interest in um, I'm just going to throw something out there. Let's say, um, infant play. I had no interest in changing their diapers or cooing them, but this is really, really what they were interested in. I would much rather someone take on that responsibility for me. And I'd be like, great, go have fun, go do it. In that situation, though, I think, you know, guys luck out with women who are are open to saying, okay, great, go do it, because you've already done that important communication work. You know, that's where those consensual, non-monogamous relationships really come in handy. But I think there are some people in relationships that can't even have that conversation. Yeah. And, And the secrecy is where things get really hard, because you do have to prepare for the fact that it could, in the end, someone could find out. And so what risk are you willing to take, even if it actually made the relationship better? Right. I think it really upsets me when I hear about how guys will go and they will put that effort out there. They will try to have that real talk. I mean... I've talked about it before with Adriana. I dated somebody who did not want to have sex, Mm -hmm. like, ever. Mm -hmm. It was, I would have to beg for it. Um, It's really frustrating when you go to your partner and you're like, this is important to me. And it wouldn't be such a big deal if, you know, you met those needs Mm -hmm. more often than not. Like, Mm -hmm. once a year? Are you kidding? Once a month? Are you kidding? You know, I'd be thrilled with once a week. Um, and you just get people who are like, no, I will not give you sex. No, you may not find it elsewhere. And no, I don't want to, to break up or get a divorce. And it's like, wow, how flexible are you? You know, that it just, it baffles my mind that people are so staunch in not being flexible. And it's, it's, it's really depressing, actually, to hear guys talk like that. Like, I love my wife, but I don't want to cheat on her. Uh, no, just, yeah. If she's not going to be flexible, what are you going to do? Stay miserable the next, like, a million years? No. Well, and Why that's, would you do that? that's what it is. I mean, what sort of life do you want? Do you want to take a risk and be happy knowing that it's unconventional? And yes, there could be hurt involved. Or do you want to willingly feel like a prisoner to a relationship that no longer provides fulfillment and is going to breed resentment, which isn't going to make anyone happy. The environment Mm -hmm. is going to become toxic. And ultimately, it's, it's going to dissolve the relationship anyway, if that's the case. I mean, our bodies and our sexualities are not owned by our partners. They're not controlled by our partners. We willingly share it and we willingly negotiate the appropriate boundaries that we all agree to. But if you no longer agree to that contract, you shouldn't feel like you are shackled by it. 
because it does seem like if it's put like that, like that way, where, you know, no, you're not, you can't find anyone else, and I'm not going to give it to you, and this is what it is, and this is our relationship, it feels like a way to control the other person. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like, it's like, a, it's like your bargaining chip, like, well, you know, like, it's like, that's you, that's how you, that's how you deal in your relationship with sex, which is kind of sad. <laughs> I will say this. I don't want guys out there listening to this to think it's a free pass. Maybe you need to first find out why doesn't she want to fuck you? Maybe you're absolutely fucking lousy in bed. Yeah. Maybe that's just what it really boils down to. Yeah. You know, you need to really have this entire conversation. And that's, you know, that's the fully. thing. Yeah. There could be a plethora of reasons why she doesn't want to take her clothes off for you. So yeah. until you figure all that out. Yeah. Yeah, and like just, and like Aaron said, it could be it could it, it couldn't even be like the actual guy. It could be just her having like, you know, I don't look like I did ten years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't feel comfortable being naked around you or, you know, just she doesn't feel comfortable with herself. So it could be that that too. So I feel like I think like Ali said, just first or the doctor said, just talk to her first and figure out, you know, what's going on. Yeah, definitely the the cheating is your last resort because done it all. Yeah, you've already you've already pulled out all the stops and and generally when someone says no, you can't do something sexually, it's you know, it it comes across like control, but usually it's because of internal fear. You know, a lot of guys think, "Oh, I'm not manly if if she, you know, wants to have sex with someone else." Or a woman thinks, "Oh, he doesn't love me." if he wants to have sex with someone else. So we really need to address those factors first. Right. Excellent. So I wanted to get a little bit into, like, the phone sex aspect of, like, fetishes and such. Yeah. And I've been curious about a few of them. I mean, personally, in my real life, I really do have a couple kinky fetishes or whatever. Um... I am kind of wondering, like, what the psychology is behind fetishes like age play or forced mm. sex or torture, um, maybe even cuckold. Like, I've read a lot about what's behind cuckold, and it's not really, uh, like, an embarrassing term anymore like it used to be. Yeah. But what, what are your thoughts on those? Like, why somebody might like age play? Well, I love fetish talk. I think everybody has a fetish. They just don't know what it is yet. That's my philosophy. Oh, yes. So let's talk age play. So age play is probably one of the most taboo, but one of the most innocent fetishes when you really think about it. Oh, yeah. Because age play is really about going back to the original pleasure and the original pleasure is about comfort is about nurture it's about lack of responsibility and we live in this world that puts so much pressure on us we have to adult all the time that's hard and so to be able to do a little bit of age play especially if you're the one playing the younger self you get to have someone be in control. You get to be loved. You get to be nurtured. You get to be taken care of. And that same comfort can come from nurturing too. 
if your partner really likes to be um, a, an infant or a baby or a young person and you get to nurture them, that is a way of expressing such a tender affection for them that is so pure and so innocent that it really doesn't get, you know, caught up or complicated by these real adult responsibilities of maintaining a relationship. It's, it's almost like everybody knows their role and they can stick to it and they don't have to think about it. It really is, it's beautiful in a way. And I can say that, you know, regardless of what my fetishes are or aren't, it doesn't matter whether you're into this or not. It's just about understanding that the taboo around age play is actually quite is quite innocent. So we have we have a lot of worries that age play might represent someone who's actually interested in younger individuals. That is not the case. People who actually have um, an orientation towards or an interest in uh, children or infants or young individuals tend not to be the ones who actually have fetishes for age play. They are actually ones that would go out and seduce or solicit young individuals, which of course is a crime, I will say that. But that's not the same as a fetish for being in um, a comforting, um, let's say, daddy baby or mother baby or mother little girl, daddy little girl, etc., relationship. They're very, very separate. What about, though, when somebody would call us and say, I want you to pretend to be a younger person who's my daughter? Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. And I want guys to understand there is nothing wrong with that fantasy no. on the phone. No, absolutely not. And again, the key word there is, is fantasy. We all have fantasies. Fantasies are a way to explore all the nooks and crannies of what might be arousing and what might be possible. And sometimes we just hit the jackpot and go, oh my god, that really gets me off. And usually it's just about power, power and pleasure. And the ways that people explore power and pleasure could be through um, – pretending that you're my daughter. It could be through scenarios of gang rape. It could be through BDSM. There are so many ways to explore power. And that is usually the thing that is the most erotic, that control or that loss of control. And then the fetish is sort of just the stage that you get to act that out on. That's the best description I've heard about it. <laughs> so guys, it's not wrong to enjoy fetishes and you shouldn't feel judged. Adriana, you kick us off for the next one. Um, so besides phone sex, what are some ways that us or our partner can explore their fantasies? Ooh, besides phone sex. Well... I'm going to throw sexting out there again, just because I'm super biased. But also, we live <laughs> on our cell phones these days. Yeah. 
Um, and it's just such a fun way to craft a little scenario and send it through the day. Um, because not only is it something that kind of revs your engine for later on in the evening, but also it's a way for you and your partner to kind of explore those things that you're not sure if you really want to try in person. So you can kind of like make up a sexy little scenario. For example, let's use age play. You might be interested in it. You're not so sure. Maybe you saw a porn clip and you're like, hmm, I'd like to try. But you don't want to go like gung-ho and just do a fantasy in person in case it gets really awkward. So sexting is a fabulous way to kind of test the waters and have really sexy digital sex without having to actually do it and find out how you really feel about it, you know? Um, another thing that I really love to do and that I used to do a lot is I would write erotica. Mm. And you can either write it just for yourself, you know, write out your perfect scenario and then maybe hide it in your partner's clothing drawer and maybe they'll find it as a sneaky surprise someday. Or you could write a perfect scenario that you know would get your partner off and put it in their suitcase for their business trip, or just read it aloud to each other some night when you have the time. I am I am all about the written word, as you can oh, yeah. see. I think it is so much fun. Obviously, well, the written word allows you to read it a few times and really amp up about it. Yes, really amp up about it. You know, there's always the standards, buy a sexy outfit, put on a wig, <coughs> put on heels, try out hilarious accents, go to a hotel. Um, try sex toys. If you've never tried a sex toy, you've, you've really got to try a sex toy. They oh have God, remote yes. control vibrators. Imagine going to a restaurant with a remote control vibrator. Oh, I've done that at a breakfast place with the couple's wee vibe. Oh, yes. Yeah. It made eating the eggs Benedict not so easy. (laughs) Absolutely. No, there's a, there's a million ways that uh, a couple can really explore fantasy or spice up their relationship. I would say the, the thing that you really have to do is just commit to doing it. Because I think we all have a pretty good imagination. We just don't make time for it. We don't prioritize it. So I would say the first thing is just to prioritize it. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to get into the myth surrounding sex. Um, Adriana, did you see that article that was sent about um, the 11 reasons why women shouldn't give a blowjob? Uh, I mean, yeah, I kind of saw it, but I didn't read it, no. There was some pretty bullshit reasons why women shouldn't give... And this was written by a woman, oh, I might add. Oh, dear. And um, I, uh, I kind of wanted to just, like, go through the computer and, and, and strangle the living fuck out of her and say, you are such a just terrible woman. How could you even say this to women? Wow. But... Uh, I have heard women say that it's a myth when women say they do like giving blowjobs. And I want to know from a standpoint of a professional female sexual doctor, sexuality coach, is that true? 
Wow. I sent the link. <laughs> I see it. Article. That was a Cosmo article. Yeah. Well, Cosmo, what? first it was ridiculous. Like, what? especially because I mean, Cosmo's constantly telling us that's the only, <laughs> that's the only way to get, a, get love and attention. Oh, dear. Listen, it may be true for some women. That's fair, because everybody has their own sexual tastes and comforts. But by no means is it a myth that women like to suck dick. Men like to suck dick. Women like to suck dick. All genders like to suck dick. Just as much as people like to eat pussy. Okay, this is... It can be the most arousing thing. And I will put myself out there to say, quite frankly, I'd rather suck dick than have you go down on me. It's just my me thing. Me too! <laughs> yes! Thank you! It's... Yes. It's lovely. Now... The women who said no, I'm sure they have their reasons. Do you treat her like crap? Are you clean? You know, are you washing it regularly? Are you asking at the wrong times? Is she ever getting her pussy eaten? Like, it's not to say that she doesn't like sucking dick. It might just be that she doesn't like sucking yours <laughs> for whatever reason. <laughs> But that is in your control. That's the good news. That's in your control because you can change those circumstances. But, you know, um, professional opinion. I don't, I don't think any of my friends like sucking dick. And I've asked, is their dick clean? Like, is everything good down there? And they're like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Does he do it for you? Yep. Well, why don't you do it for him? I'm not doing that. I'm not putting that in my mouth. Huh. Not doing it. And I'm just like, how can, like... There is something so erotic about feeling a penis get hard in your mouth and hearing the noises a man makes and not rushing it, not like just jackhammering it and getting like, you know, like flickers of sparks off of like trying to hurry it up and get it over with. <laughs> like, like you really slow down and become sensual about it, how you lick it, kiss it and touch it. It can really turn me on if I slowly get to play with a penis You're like i think it makes me wetter and wetter to play with a guy's cock and not feel like i always say to a guy don't feel like you need to hurry up and come because i don't want you to i want to enjoy this like come if you want but don't feel like you have to yeah and women just want to get through it bing bang boom oh you've got a burn on your dick let me get you some burn cream <laughs> i just don't get how 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 it's not enjoyable if if if, if a penis is clean and and like uh I don't get it. Well, I mean, aside from you getting me all hot and bothered here, just listening to that description, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. We we all have our things. We were just talking about fetishes, and and some people couldn't imagine, you know, trying cuckolding or age play or whatever. But ultimately, you know, sucking dick is is in the same lines. There, we all have things that turn us on. And we all have things that just don't do anything for us. If sucking dick mm. is not your thing, I can't make you suck dick. But no. maybe you don't want to suck dick because you don't know how to do it. In which case, I would suggest watching a lot of gay porn. <laughs> it's, I actually love gay it's porn. It's very, I do very <laughs> instructive. And Adrian, do you watch gay porn? I love gay porn. I, find, I don't know why, but if I, I watch find, porn, I'd go for that. I find gay porn or lesbian porn more erotic than regular porn. Yes. Regular porn to me is just too much. I feel like it's, it's like, can you just have, like, I think before I would be like, oh, 
you know, I won the production value of porn, right? And mm. I couldn't really appreciate the amateur stuff. And then now, now I'm like, oh, you know what? No, I get the amateur. I get it. They're real people. They're having sex. Yeah. They enjoy themselves. I get it. Yeah. They're not actors. They're not getting paid. So, yeah. But, yeah, I like, I, I love lesbian porn. I love it. <laughs> That's the best thing about any sex, whether it's porn, whether it's sucking dick, whether it's eating pussy. If someone is enjoying it, you're going to have so much better of a time i certainly would prefer someone going down on me being like take your time don't come right away i am getting so wet just by doing this or so hard just by doing this i'm like aces you know that's that's what matters more that enthusiasm so if you can talk to your partner about like what really turns them on Chances are you're not going to get so stuck up on do they suck dick or do they eat pussy or whatever, because you're going to find out what actually arouses them. And when they're aroused, oh, my God, that's just a totally different world. Yes. Yes. It's 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 enough to drown a toddler in your panties. (laughs) If I get to slowly suck your nice clean cock. See, this is one of the most you know, innocent PC shows that I've ever been on, like, really, really conservative talk here. (laughs) Well, we need to get to the bottom of it. Yeah. (laughs) We are usually not so PC, but we are trying to appeal to both sides, because if we talk how we usually do, women won't stick around. Oh, no. They would just fucking walk out the door. Oh, you might be surprised. Women are dirty. Oh, we know. <laughs> we know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we know. Um, but we tend to make fun of uh, Susie Homemaker, who's um talks about Carl's tube socks. Oh, and uh, we made devil's food cake, but we can't sell that at the church because it has the word devil in it. That's fair. So <laughs> we very much fight against that kind of idea You're i guess all about sexual liberation for the ladies yes. yes yeah 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 sex positive absolutely um adriana i know you've got a million myths you've probably heard what's another mm, let me think we can do uh, pr- uh like prostate play it said yes. it's that does that make a guy gay because i mean there's some guys who will never try it because they think oh no that's so gay doesn't matter how many times you tell them you're not gay. They think they're gay. That's... Oh, doesn't that just make you so sad? It makes me angry. Because yeah. you're like, nothing goes in there. I'm like, just I'm try it. That. Let me try like, it. You're a fucking lame. <laughs> that is the comedian Ali Wong in her latest oh, special. Her. She's like, yes. guys, if they knew they had a magical clit in their butt. And I'm like, that's exactly what it is. You basically have a dick. And a secret clit a few inches up your butt. Oh, you don't even have to go far up there. It's like knuckle deep. Not even. Yeah. It's It's like two inches. Yeah. It's, oh, oh, oh. And I swear, if you try this, your mind will be blown. Now, I could talk about the amount of pleasure all day, but I think men get that. The question was, does it make them gay? No. Sticking something up your butt doesn't make you gay what makes you gay is literally being born as an individual who's mainly attracted to guys that's just you know a natural thing if you grew up 
and you know that you're into women, you're not going to change that. Don't worry. You are secure. You're not going to accidentally impale yourself on a finger and suddenly be attracted to the mannerisms of men or want dick in your mouth. That's not how it works. So by all means, pull out the fingers, pull out the toys, and trust me, you are going to have incredible, incredible heterosexual sex. Heterosexual anal sex. Heterosexual anal sex. It's the bomb. I actually convinced a very wonderful person to try it with a vibrating uh, prostate stimulator. Oh, lovely. And usually he edges for an hour. Whoa. We play. Whoa. He put this thing in and he fucking blew his load in no time. He couldn't believe how good it felt. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, see? Yeah. It's true. Your eyes will roll into your head and never come back. Yeah, I only saw the whites. It looks like something from Poltergeist. Yeah, definitely. So, stop being closed-minded, gentlemen. Yes. And ladies, lick that butthole. Lick that Like butthole. Ali Wong. Like, make it a butthole-licking buffet, as she called it. Yes. And also, <laughs> gay is okay. <laughs> yeah, gay is okay. So. Cock is great. Okay. Take it from me. I love it. There you go. Yeah. Um, this one I find freaking hilarious. I was in a Facebook group, like in one of those silly meme groups where they post things that are just silly. One of them was of a really pretty chick in the mirror. Gorgeous. And when you look through the whole photo, you see she's got a big dick between her legs. Nice. And in the picture, it said, would you fuck this? And a lot of guys were like, hell yeah. And then women were like, that's a trans. That's someone who's trans, isn't it? Like, they, that's not a girl. That's a boy. And guys were like, yeah, I'd still fuck her. Yeah. And women would, I saw several women say, oh, my boyfriend would never hit that. Um, actually, yeah, uh, I would say that more often than not, men would totally have no issue with it. Yeah. But women don't seem to think so. Interesting. Is that a myth? Well, again, it's one of these interesting things that we seem to make sex all this black and white, like either you're into it or you're not, or sex is only about genitals. And it gets really confusing because at the end of the day, what we're attracted to is so unique to us. Lots of guys would be into a woman who happens to have a penis. It doesn't make her less of a woman. She's a trans individual. She may consider herself... Um, non-binary, it doesn't really matter. If you're turned on by her and you want to fuck the shit out of her, aces. That's great. It's definitely, you know, it's definitely not a myth that no guy would want to be with a woman like that. It's plenty of guys would want to be with a banging woman like that. Again, we need to focus less on the genitals and more on the full, if you will, package. And by package, you don't mean balls. And by package, I don't mean balls. I wanted the pun, but I didn't mean dick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. It has been really fun having you here. I know that um, we had like one last good question for you, though. Sure. Um, okay, so 
what is some overall advice for men and women about sex and relationships? Well, the first thing I'm going to say is relax. Not everything is as big a deal as we make it out to be. There's no rules to sexuality. And we try and make everything a rule. If you do this, that will happen. But really, the only truth is that if you relax and allow yourself to be vulnerable and talk about what turns you on and ask what turns someone else on, you're good to go, provided that everybody's into it. I like to think, you know, enthusiastic consent is a given in all of these conversations. So that's the first thing. I think a lot of times we... We don't have as much pleasure in our lives because we're so concerned about what we're supposed to be doing or what other people are doing or what Cosmo says we should be doing or, you know, any number of lists. But really, it just comes down to you. Think about what gets you off and do more of it. I agree. Absolutely. Um, by the way. I don't know if anyone else noticed that Aaron says uh, about kind of like <laughs> I get picked on a lot for that. And yes, she's also Canadian. Canadian. Kanucky. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> a. Yeah, I do. You know what? I didn't realize we all said a until I moved to the States and I was here for a good year. And then my folks came to visit and they said a like every other word. And I was like, <laughs> We really do do that. Yeah, we think we don't do it, but I think we do. Yeah, and and the the about. about. I can't say it the American way. I can't hide it at all, but no. I just had to point out, yes, she's Canadian. <laughs> I am. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I found this extremely informative, and I would love to have you back. I would love to be back. Second time's so. always better than the first anyway. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely, because you already got it wet before you went in. Right? This was just foreplay. Yeah, Yeah, it's just foreplay. And we took our time. Yes. Yeah. So, guys, what we will do is if you have questions for Erin, we will link below where you can see her podcast. And then once she has her YouTube channel up, then we will link that in there as well. If you have questions for her and you don't really want to wait, um, email them to Adriana or I and we can ask her and or reserve them for next time she comes back. So I felt like even I learned something today. I did too. I did too. You did. What did you learn? I always learn things. I learn about people and I learn things about my own perspective sometimes, you know, when I talk about something or I answer a question, I go, oh, I didn't even know that about myself. And then I want to go explore it more. Yeah, I, uh, I will say this. I know, I know one thing about Erin that I'm totally jealous of. Uh Oh, she pole dances and I'm like, (laughs) I want to do that. Do it. I do pole dance. I have to go all the way to the city to do it, though, and I don't want it. Oh, <laughs> no, it's so much fun, though. I did just sprain my ankle. Oh, no. From pole dancing? I did. I fell off the pole. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. There are some poles I don't fall off of. Ooh. <laughs> there is the odd time that you might sit on it wrong, and it might bend a little, but yeah. never fall off. Never fall yeah. off. Yeah. 
Actually, that is something I'd love to bring you back for is sex techniques. Ooh, very fun. Because I, uh, I feel like too many people think you just need to thrust your dick in and out of a wet hole and that's considered good enough. Oh, I have a lot to say about that. <laughs> so do I. So do I. So I would love to have you back just so we could talk about masturbation techniques, yeah. sex techniques, and all that good stuff. Awesome. Sound good? Sounds great. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the show. And um, we freaking love you. Can't wait to have you back. And guys, like I said, email us if you have any questions before us, before she comes back. We can wait to have you back. <laughs> have a good day, guys. Bye, guys. Take care, everyone.